quiet morning in the chat and uh, hopefully it's not some technological issue uh, I got signed out of my chat just as we were beginning and uh, so there's two of us in here in the chat anyway if others are listening uh, in other places and you're not seeing the chat we'll fix that tomorrow I guess uh, because you know Technology does what technology does sometimes, and uh, almost every morning when we push live and go live, uh, we can see uh, lots of people, or, or at least people in the chat and commenting, uh, and the other thing that might be true is I am broadcasting this morning uh, in a few different, uh, on a few different platforms purposefully. Uh, and uh, there's Donna, there's Dinah Kay. Okay, we're starting to see people. Uh, I, I am 
the primary place you're going to want to make sure you've liked and that you are following is the Daily Discipleship Podcast on Facebook. Uh, and then find my name on uh, find my name in YouTube, Jim Cobertson, and find Daily Discipleship Podcast there. Uh, and make sure you've subscribed and, and uh, are following there, and uh, you'll see. But the other thing I've done this morning, which I know to some of you might be confusing, is uh, who are regular. I am also uh, having this live on my own personal Facebook page. And the reason for that is uh, I've got lots of friends uh, there who uh, might not be aware of this new platform. So if you're listening to me live or later uh, on the, my personal Facebook page, please, please, please subscribe and like the daily or f- like and follow uh, the Daily Discipleship Podcast uh, here on Facebook because that's the place where we will always be uh, broadcasting live. I'm just trying to appeal to a few more listeners. Uh, off my personal page here and uh, see if that uh, won't, uh, you know, just generate a few more people. So, um, yeah, and it, it shouldn't, uh, Walter, because uh, we're tr- we're, most people would know that our regulars to come to the, to the uh, Daily Discipleship podcast pages, that's where we're trying to really, uh, really operate and function from here. Um uh, I just have allowed it live. I guess it was live there yesterday and didn't realize it. Uh, and uh, and there it is, the Daily Discipleship Podcast on Facebook. Uh, that's the page. Like, follow, and you'll get the notifications when we're live. If you happen to be listening on my own personal Facebook page, that's fantastic. I've allowed that this morning. I think I, I saw it yesterday, uh, and maybe maybe Don had turned it on. Uh, it's very possible that Don had turned it on. Uh, we are not at Veracity Chapel. If you want to go back and see lots and lots, three years plus uh, of uh, broadcast podcasts, you can go back to the Veracity Chapel uh, Facebook page, and there are, if they're still there, and also YouTube, Veracity Chapel YouTube, there are likely uh three plus years of broadcast you can watch there as well but with the the changes of uh ministry emphasis uh we're we're focusing on this one anyway enough said there for those who might want to uh well i'll talk about that at the end just wonder we are going to the book of philippians i spent a couple days looking at the conversation of um the conversation of end times issues, millennialism, uh, post-millennialism, amillennialism. We spent a couple days looking at that just as kind of coming out of the conclusion of Second Peter chapter 3 as Peter talked about those things. So I spent a couple extra days just kind of delineating and defining that there are more views out there than just one. You can be a solid Christian and have any one of those views. Now, Here's what happens. People who have uh, a dispensational view would look at post-millennials and millennials and go, well, they're just wrong, and 
And sometimes a millennial and post-millennial would look at uh, those who have the dispensational millennial view and go, you're just wrong. Uh, folks, we got to learn how to play in the sandbox together. Uh, the, the key question, the key questions are five things that allow us to at least play in the sandbox together. Uh, sola scriptura is one. Uh, sola uh, grazia is one. Grace uh, gracia. Uh, sola fide faith. Did I say sola scriptura? Sola graci. Sola fide. Uh, I'm leaving out one. So, what what am I forgetting? There are five, five solas, uh, uh, and I'm leaving out uh, solely glory a day, which which is to the glory of God alone, Scripture alone, grace alone, faith. Oh, how can I forget the most important one? Uh, uh, sola Christos uh, by Christ alone. Uh, if we can come together around those things, we can likely work together, even though we might have different views on the the end times, even though we might have different views on the gifts, the giftings, giftings of the Holy Spirit and, and other things. But if we can agree on those five things, we, we can probably work together uh, in some measure. So I just throw those things out there for you to think about. Hey, let's get into the book of Philippians. That's why we're here to learn, to grow, to study together. So let me put this up there for you to look at, and uh, we'll begin the study of Philippians. And I have entitled this uh, Contentment in Challenging Circumstances. You ever face challenging circumstances in your life? I bet you do. I bet you have. I bet you will. I bet I will as well. And what do we do in the midst of those challenging circumstances? Paul faced a number of challenging circumstances, and he learned how to be content. There were secrets of contentment. Now, let me just say one more thing before we jump in. No matter what platform, if you're on my personal fit page, leave a comment. If you are on uh, the the Daily Discipleship Podcast page, leave a comment. If you're over on the YouTube side, leave a comment. Uh, we like to try to interact with those if we can. And plus, it just helps uh, it helps drive the, the statistics a little bit higher. So those things are helpful. Let's get into the book. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons. Now, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of of background here and hopefully background that will be uh, helpful to you in, in understanding there we go just exactly uh, where where we are and uh, how you can relate with this book Sometimes I'm a little bit slow because I am doing things in the background. Where is Philippi? Uh, here is Philippi. Philippi is is up here in Macedonia. Here's Greece, Macedonia, and over where it says Asia Minor, uh, I say up here. I'm, I'm pointing with my pointer, but you can't see it because of the way I put it up on the screen. Um, 
but you get you get the point of Macedonia uh, and Philippi. You see uh, Philippi between Philippi and Thessalonica uh, is the little town of Berea, and then you drop down. You can see Corinth down below, uh, and then off to the right side of the screen where it says Asia Minor. That is modern day Turkey. Uh, in fact, the little panhandle going across part of that still Turkey. You see Ephesus, Colossae, uh, and then you can see all the way down in the lower right-hand side of the screen, that's where Jerusalem is. Just to give you kind of the, the context of uh, where we're located in this dialogue. Now, uh, I will give you uh, a bunch of different uh, input here uh, as I look at uh, look at some of my notes Um By the time Paul arrived in this city, it was already an ancient city. Uh, Paul got there, they believe, around uh, 49 B.C. Uh, However, I'm sorry, 49 A.D. uh, But, however, when you go back and and look at its history, uh, it goes back to... uh, about the 4th century B.C., uh, around the 356 B.C., Philip II of Macedon, the father of Alexander the Great, uh, Alexander the Great took over the city, and he named it for himself, hence it was named Philippi. Uh, Philip eventually established it as a military stronghold to protect it uh, to protect the lands he'd already conquered, uh, as well as to protect the gold mines, which yielded him uh, a yearly thousand talents of gold. Uh, Not only that, but it was also a very important or close to a very important route uh, across Asia up into Europe. Uh, So it was a very, very, very important city. In 168 BC, it became part of the Roman Empire uh, when it, it, when the Romans defeated the Persians at the Battle of uh, Pydna. Macedonia was divided into four districts, and uh, Philippi was among them. Uh, it uh, it's famous for one particular event in 42 BC. Mark Anthony and uh, Octavian defeated Brutus and Cassius, the assassins of Julius Caesar, in a battle at Philippi. Uh, and later in uh, 31 BC, when Octavian defeated Anthony and Cleopatra at uh, Actium, uh, that's when Octavian would assume the name Augustus and he rebuilt the city of Philippi. He placed uh, retired soldiers to ensure loyalty to Rome and established it as a military outpost. He gave the new colony the highest privilege obtainable by the Roman provincial municipality. Uh, And the colonists could buy, own, and transfer property and maintain the right to civil lawsuits. And they were exempt from poll and land taxes. Hey, that would be a place to live, would it not? We're just paying our property taxes here coming up. Uh, You're probably doing the same if you live here in the States. When Paul arrived in the city around 49 uh, AD, uh, it was an urban center 
at the eastern end of the plain, just a few miles north from Neapolis. Uh, the people there were both Romans and Greeks. They spoke predominantly Greek, uh, even though Latin was the official language. Uh, the church at Philippi, as we know, was founded by Paul on his second missionary journey, as is recorded in Acts chapter 16. Paul originally went to Macedonia because of a night vision described for us in Acts 16. Uh, In it, Paul saw the man of Macedonia standing and asking that he come over to help them. Paul responded, and so the gospel went triumphantly westward, beginning in Philippi, uh, as the first city to be evangelized in all of Europe. Paul stayed there several days. Uh, And the religious life of those in Philippi was marked by very syncretistic practices, including emperor worship, worship of Egyptian gods like Isis and Serapis, as well as a lot of other deities. So when, uh, when Shabbat came, Paul went outside the city to the river looking for a place of prayer. Uh, Paul also went to the Gagnites River, uh, or the Cronides River. It was 1.5 miles away. He hoped to find a Jewish meeting place, which he was having a hard time finding. Uh, And he just did not find the number of men that he thought he might find. But Paul spoke to those who gathered there, including a woman named Lydia, who was a dealer in purple cloth. Uh, And who was a proselyte to Judaism? Uh, She probably converted to Judaism when living in Thyatira and brought her faith with her to Philippi. She listened to Paul speak. The Lord opened her heart to respond. Evidently, her entire household responded as well. They were all baptized together. We read that in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. And so this is really the beginning of the ministry in Philippi. You know, God working through in the heart of this woman to hear the gospel, to respond to the gospel, to have her whole family hear the gospel, her whole family respond to the gospel. Listen, God is going to work in the hearts of who he's going to work in. God will work in the hearts of women. God will work in the hearts of children. God will work in the hearts of men. God will work in the hearts of teenager. Our role isn't to say, well, I I need to only uh, speak to the men. Our role is to speak to whoever will listen. Uh, and the, the, wonder, uh, the wonderful ministry of the church in Philippi first started, A, because Paul was willing to go there, B, because Paul was willing to preach to whoever he could find to preach to uh, or speak to or dialogue with, and C, Lydia respond, uh, responded to the gospel, and so uh, we see the beginning of the church uh, in Philippi. Then there's also a slave girl uh, that Paul experienced with a demonic spirit uh, who could foretell the future. Listen, not every not every prophecy necessarily comes from God. Uh, some prophecies can come from demons as well, as Acts 16 makes clearly. Um, now, through her, what she was able to do, uh, she she made a lot of money for people. She was kind of like Balaam. Uh, and because of the gift that she had, kind of this diviner, if you will, this fortune teller, she made lots of money for people. So when she came to faith in Christ, 
when Paul rebuked the evil spirit and it left her, uh, she lost the ability to foretell the future, uh, which created quite a bit of anger in the part of those she was making money for. You might call them her owners, her handlers. Uh, So they took Paul and Silas, brought them before the magistrates, uh, charging them with... charging that the missionaries are forcing them as Roman citizens to follow customs which were unlawful. So Paul and Silas were thrown into prison after, now listen, I talk about contentment. They were thrown into prison uh, after being stripped, beaten, and severely flogged. Uh, So let's just talk about contentment here for just a moment. I'll take you into the book of Acts, chapter 16 where this is all transpiring. Let's take a look and see down at verses 20 and 24. Uh, in fact, we'll go up to verse 23. It says, after they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Now, notice, they were flogged, thrown into prison. Uh, they, they, their, their, their feet were fastened in stocks. And it says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, the violent earthquake happened. The foundations of the prison were shaken. The prison doors flew open. Everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, uh, which wasn't on a switch, just for the record, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household. Now, what is so significant about this? There's several things. Now, we're in the book of Philippians, but we're getting there via some background. We're getting there via some background that we can find here in in the book of Acts, particularly Acts chapter 16. Uh, And uh, what we see are the challenging circumstances. But the other thing I want to highlight here out of Acts chapter 16 is that God can work through providentially miraculous uh, means when he chooses to do so. Uh, Sometimes I have to wonder if we don't see some of these miraculous means here uh, in America as much as we might see uh, in other places because, uh, frankly, just simply the the way that, uh, that we live, we have so much. Uh, at our disposal, and yet are so often bored with it. We have books, we have Bibles, we have podcasts, we have radio stations, we have television stations, we have churches out the ears, and so we we play musical church all the time. And the reason we play musical church all the time is we get discontent with something, and we go, oh, well, I'm just going to find me a different church instead of being committed to your local church. Uh, all, the church hopping begins to happen, and we have all this, and sometimes you wonder, well, maybe God says, you guys in America have enough. But friends, I we hear of all kinds of absolutely phenomenal things that happen all over the world where God does things like he did in the, in, in the book of Acts here, 
and yet in our theological um, pride at times, we say, well, well, God can't work in those ways. Let me talk. Let me have you talk to friends in other places, uh, in India and in some of the Asian countries, and see what God is doing in places like that, in, in places like these circumstances. You know, I, there, there's this there's this line between, you know, what are we trusting God to do, and are are we also imposing upon God our own will? Questions that, that we need to think about, questions we need to ask uh, and, and consider. Uh, but God worked in phenomenal fashion for the establishment of the gospel. That was why. It all had to do with the establishment of the gospel and, and not just simply uh, their own comfort and convenience. It, it had to do with the establishment of the gospel. So we see here some of the challenging circumstances that Paul was living in, uh, even in the book of Acts. And we go back over to the the Philippians, uh, chapter 1, we realize some of the circumstances that that he will encounter in his own life. Now, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I mean, that needs to be the first thing for us. I mean, are we servants of Christ Jesus? Paul and Timothy devoted themselves wholly. And then even when Paul was doing tent-making work to provide for his own needs, he did it so that he could continue in the work of the gospel. Now, there's something I could talk about there, and I know my half hour is getting slim. But let me just talk about this for just a moment, since it is a thought in my mind. Uh, Bivocationalism. Uh, increasingly in uh, across America, and I'll, I'll just deal with America, North America, United States, uh, there are more and more and more pastors of necessity uh, who are bivocational. Uh, now, I don't know that this is a bad thing necessarily at all. And I have a good friend, Greg, uh, who has a large enough church that likely could support him, but he chooses yet to work uh, a full-time job elsewhere and still pastor his church uh, right here in the uh, Belfast area uh, as is a bivocational pastor. And he, because he owns his business, he has some flexibility uh, to be able to, to focus on ministry things when he needs to uh, and focus on uh, you know uh, running his business as he needs to. There are lots of pastors in small churches who, who work jobs. Unfortunately, uh, the reality is sometimes in those churches, uh, the church expects full-time service from a guy that, that is not being provided with means enough to be able to give full-time attention. Uh, there are lots of those situations, and those are unhealthy situations. Now, some smaller churches, and there's a lot, a lot to be said for small churches, just for the record. Uh, I think yesterday a conversation I had with some leadership in Southern Baptist, there are, uh, I think they said, like 85% of their churches, the average size of their church is 67 people. 
Now, some of those churches are robustly healthy financially and can support a full-time pastor. Many cannot. And so you see this bivocational uh, type of thing. For me, with what, what I do in my missionary role, uh, with, with broadly I view myself as, yes, I'm a college president, uh, which is a small college. We, we don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of means necessarily, um, but we have a great vision and a great heart and a great purpose. But as a missionary, you know, to, to figure out how do you fill in the gaps and to think about, you know, what could I do uh, as, as a bivocational person to fill in gaps if that is necessary. Paul and Timothy did that on occasion as was necessary. Now, they also lived in a day when they didn't have things like mortgages, maybe like we have today, electric bills, oil bills, uh, car payments, things of that nature. But yet, nonetheless, they did have expenses. And Paul and Timothy, uh, along the way, at times, not all the time, sometimes Paul was amply supplied in his ministry, and we'll see this when we get back to Philippians chapter 4. Uh, other times, he had to do things to fill in the gaps. Uh, and, and so for us to realize that, you know, that is a growing trend here in the United States. Um, inflation is up. Don't believe when someone tells you inflation is not down. You And don't believe when someone tells you you guys are looking at the wrong stuff. Well, I'm looking at my bank account and you know, and so are you, and, and realizing inflation is up there. Gas this week, I got gas almost $4 a gallon again. Um, we're all impacted by those things, and so we have to do what we have to do. But in the midst of it all, to continue, as Paul said here of himself and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So whether we're full-time focused in missionary work, whether we're full-time focused uh, as pastors of local churches, uh, or whether we're bivocational, or whether your vocation to which God has called you is is not a full-time ministry focus, to live as a servant of Christ, whatever it is. Uh, one of you, dear sisters, you regularly post the beautiful pictures out over the Belfast Bay, the Penobscot Bay the sunrise, and you have great words. You are a phenomenal witness for Christ uh, publicly uh, in a Facebook forum, uh, and that is to be commended. Uh, others in, in other places. So uh, I got to ask a question. What makes it a big day today uh, for my Friend Priscilla, I'll have to come back and, and talk with you offline. But friends, let all of us live as servants of Christ uh, today, regardless of our circumstances, whether things are good, whether things aren't so good, uh, whether whether you're thriving or surviving, to choose today, I will be a servant of Christ. I will live for Christ. I will walk with Christ. And friends, I can guarantee you, if you choose to to live with Christ, if you choose to walk with Christ today, uh, he will change your outlook, he will change your perspective, and you will have contentment. Well, that needs to be it for today. Lord, it's my prayer that you'll help us to live in Christ, to walk with Christ, to serve Christ in such a way today with, with all of our hearts that uh, we might experience your peace, your 
provision, your power, your perspective, your presence in our lives as we live to produce fruit for you and bring you glory. Lord, help us to live in you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.